0: Think you need to compromise who you are to advance your career as a black or brown woman? Think again. Because there's a playbook for corporate America and those aren't the rules, but you won't find it in college or on the job. I know because I learned the hard way and now I'm here to show you how the game is played. Hi, I'm Linda Talaferro, the vice president of quality at a global technology company and founder of The Tea, The Extra Effort where I help Black and Brown women like you change the trajectory of their career with one-on-one coaching, workshops, and this podcast, Being Brown at Work. If you want to know how Black and Brown women are navigating everything from microaggressions to being the only person of color in the room so they can blaze their trail through corporate America, listen now. Greetings, 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 everyone. It is Linda Talaferro, and it is being Brown at Work Live, and I'm excited about uh, this session tonight. How to prepare for your performance review. It is that time of year, at least for most companies. Some of you may have already had. I know in my company, we did the performance reviews already several months ago. Now we're into, you know, the salary, the rate, the raises, and that kind of thing. But for a lot of you, you might be just preparing for your performance review. And so I thought that it would be excellent to talk about that, right? Because several people have sent me some messages and I wanted to make sure I give you some tips because you are not, although it may feel like it, although you may think you are, you're not at the total mercy of your leader, of your manager, right? So what I like to prescribe to either myself as leading a team or the expectation I have from my boss, is that we've had these conversations throughout the year, right? So this performance review time should not be in a time where I'm nervous. I don't know what's going to be shared because we've had these conversations throughout the year. But not everyone does that. Not everyone shares throughout the year feedback so that you can continually approve. They wait until the end of the year, which is, I think is very unfortunate. So as you do a forward look, something that I would sincerely, strongly recommend is that when you get on the other side of this performance review, talk to your boss and say, look, as we get into 2023, can we have regular check-ins? I know we haven't done that in the past, but it would help me greatly if we could have regular check-ins because I want to drive continuous improvement in my performance. So that's a forward look. But right now, you are ready. You have to prepare for what's about to happen sometime this month or even uh, next month. And this is what I would highly recommend. Hopefully, you've done this. If you haven't, again, this will be something that you can do in the future but it's never too late. You should have documented along the way all of your wins, all of your wins. And I mean, a win can be something as simple as having a successful meeting that moved a team to another level. It doesn't have to be necessarily killing a KPI or exceeding a target. Clearly, that's A high achievable win, but wins can be small. And so whenever you've had those documented, you have, if you do this, the self-review, you have an opportunity to put those in there. But at the same time, when you're having a conversation with your boss, you can remind him or her of those wins that you've had throughout the year. Another thing is have conversations. See this, I know you guys hear me say this all the time, But this is the time of year when your relationships are important. Have conversations with critical stakeholders that you've built relationships with and let them give you feedback on how they've experienced you throughout the year, what they've seen you accomplish, and you can take that into your conversation with your boss during your performance review. I can't tell you the number of times when I was able to use a name of a leader or person that I met and I said, you know, he or she experienced this. I met with he or she, uh, Jim, whoever, Mary, whoever it is. And they have said to me, you know, Linda, throughout this past year, this is what I've seen. Extremely beneficial. And I highly recommend that you do that. So you have kept a record, a journal of all of your wins. You definitely need to schedule your one-on-ones, have your conversations with your key stakeholders that you've built relationships with, right? And what you also want to do is be able to advocate for a development opportunity. This is the piece that a lot of times we don't pay attention to. We are so focused on what were my targets that we set last year? Did I meet them? Did I not? And why didn't I meet them? And that's pretty much where we stop. But we want to make sure that we don't miss the opportunity for the development side of this, right? The performance review is, yes, it's a rearview mirror look of how well we did the last year. But it's also an opportunity to plan for development for the future. And you always want to hold your company and your manager, your boss, accountable for your development. And you want to be able to have done the research, right, to see what's out there for you, whether it's in the company or external, that can help you bridge any gaps that you may have. Strengthen any areas that you want to really take to the other level. The development piece, it seems to be something that, like I said a few minutes ago, is really either not thought of at all or put on the back burner. And I don't want you to do that. So strongly do your research and be prepared for that next level opportunity for your development. When I met with my team, we did ours in the summertime, and now we're in the salary review portion, we talked a lot about career development opportunities. What do you want to do? Where do you believe your area of opportunity for growth exists? Is there training that I can provide, either internally or pay for externally? Uh, That was definitely... I would say the majority of our conversation. And the reason why it was the majority of the conversation is because throughout the year, although I just started with this company in January, throughout that, from January to the time we met, we have regular touch points. So by the time we had the performance review, there wasn't a lot for us, for me to share that was new or different, right? I agreed with where they were. There were some people that we had a disconnect and we understood the difference in the disconnect. But we spend a lot of time talking about what training do you need going forward? That is key. Do not let your performance review time with your boss or leader happen. And that's not part of your conversation. Make sure that takes place. Here's the other thing that I would recommend for you. So you've done your you've got your journal. Right, I'm going over what I've just shared with you. You've got your journal, you know your wins, you've had your conversations with the people in your relationship. So you've got their, their input that you can share with your boss and leader. You've done your forward look on what you need from a training and development perspective. So you're ready to advocate for that to make sure it's documented. Here's the other piece that you need to do, right? Prepare for the areas that you've missed, right? I mean, we're not perfect. Perfectionism is crippling. It just doesn't happen. We're all human. There may be areas that you didn't quite meet to your level of expectation. Maybe you even missed the goal totally that you agreed upon last year. Prepare for your response with regard to that. And if it's you, own it. If it's external to you, have evidence to that fact. But own it, talk about it openly, ask for support that you need, get it documented. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. From my perspective, there's not a time that I've had a I've had performance reviews that I've missed a few targets and I own that. The key was I did not Focus on what happened in the past. I focused on how I would improve going forward, what I would do differently. That was the key. And that's what really changed the narrative that was in the performance review. As we were talking together and they were typing in their comments or we were viewing the comments that were typed in. So don't necessarily shy away from those areas that were just not as optimum as you wanted them to be. Okay. So, and here's the challenging part. And I know all of you that are listening with me, they're live or catching this on the replay. You're probably thinking, okay, Linda, I hear you. I hear you. I got all of those steps up until this point, but I'm going to meeting with, I'm going to be meeting with somebody that's extremely difficult. I'm probably not going to agree with most of what they have written in the performance review. How do I handle that? How do I prepare for that? And how you prepare for that is to have your counterpoints, right? Most performance reviews that I'm familiar with, they're done in a system where they're written, typed, right? You have your self-review, then self-reflection, then your boss gives their inputs, and you're able to give comments with regard to your boss's inputs, do so. Do so. If there is a situation when they have not properly recalled or stated a target that you've either missed or didn't achieve or whatever it is that you two are separate on, state your point. But here's the key. Here's the key speak with data, be very clear with your points. It cannot come from a point of full emotion that you can't substantiate. That is where we get caught up, right? We get caught up in that. So be able to counter the comment with data. There's been a few times in my career when I've done just that and was able to screen shoot, copy paste in order to show that what my boss may have thought had taken place or their perspective was a bit off. This is where confidence, relationships, knowing that you know, becomes extremely critical. Extremely critical. You know, there are going to be times, and it's unfortunate to say, where we have to counteract the negativity that comes in the performance review process that is not rooted or valid. It happens. And if you join me next Tuesday, I'm going to talk about how to deal with poor quality of feedback, right? Really dig into that. But in this performance review preparation piece, we have to be ready for those opposite potentials that could take place. I hope that they don't happen for you. But I tell you, as as we often say, live long enough. So I'll say work long enough in, in this corporate scheme and it'll happen. And I want to make sure that you're properly prepared for it because it doesn't have to derail you for the year. It doesn't have to to negatively impact you long term, right? But it all relies on how you address it. And I, I am an advocate, a very strong advocate, for speaking with data and facts. I mean, I can get emotional. I can you know, I can stand on soapboxes. I can do it with the best of them. But it's not until I use facts and data that it's impactful and it shifts things. So if you happen to have to be dealing with something that's in your performance view that is not accurate, rebut it, but do it with facts and data. Type it in, stand on it, your confidence level, share it in your one on one with your leader and boss, and have those discussions. I know this is a very tenuous time. We all get the little ill at ease when it's performance review time. But I will tell you, over the years, I have found it to be, and it really is, I say this often, and if you follow me, you hear me say this, you are in control of your career. You are in total control. Now, I know some of you say, yeah, Linda, but, you know, I'm going to get a score of three and they're going to do a two percent raise. All this stuff is all, all predetermined. I hear you. I get it. Right. But what I will tell you is that the performance review is not the end all be all. And it can be done in such a way that you truly do control the narrative, even if you have to do what I just said and and advocate for something that's not properly documented. But don't just sit back or don't just succumb. Truly be in control. Truly engage in the process in whatever system that is used. Don't allow yourself to be a victim. That's not how we get to the other side of things as Black and brown people. That's not how we shift the systemic dynamic is by just succumbing. That's not how we do it. So be engaged in the process. Take the steps that I've given you in this session and drive the narrative that is correct for you. Be in control of your career, totally in control of your career. If any of this is still like cloudy for you, it's still gray and ambiguous. You're like, I hear all the steps, Linda, but show me, give me an example. You know, send me an email or, you know, put a comment down and reach out. I'll give you some clear examples. I've got some clients that just went through this process and I helped them step step through exactly the last part I told you about because it was not documented properly. You know, they were dealing with a, a very tenuous situation and they did so successfully. So if, if if for some reason this isn't clear for you, reach out to me. I'd be more than happy to give you some examples specifically set for your situation because not all situations are the same. But let's not take this time of the year in corporate America that happens every year and just decide that we're just going to toss it up, that it doesn't matter, that no matter what I say or do won't make a difference because it will make a difference. It will. You Are control of your career. You own it. You can make the difference and you definitely want to be in charge of the narrative. All right. Until next time. If you found this podcast empowering and are ready to master the skill that can take you anywhere, get my free guide, Workplace Confidence, in the resources section of this episode.